You have seen these orange wires running throughout this building and outside. These are wired to explosives. If any one of these wires is cut, the explosives will go off automatically. If any of the individual explosives are tampered with, they will explode! <laughs> That's what I do. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode <laughs> of Fascinated with Films. What up? <laughs> so how you been, man? Uh, been a bit? Yeah, well, you know, hit a deer with my car last oh, night. Oh my god. That was fun. From a from a fellow driver at night, that yeah. scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Because uh, I drive at night all the time. I just replaced a uh uh a headlight of mine. Uh I can't go with one headlight, man. I can't do it at night. And I know it's going to piss people off with my high beams, but I'll use my high beams on You got to do what you got to do. I see critters all the time. I'm not sure where listeners are listening from, but we are in Florida. Yeah. And uh, Florida at night, you get basically everything, but you get a mad amount of deer, uh, mad amount of possums, raccoons, for sure. I saw all of those last night. Yep. They're all out. I was coming home from a buddy's house. It was late at night. And, uh, you know, it was just this back country road. It's paved. It's it's a nice road, you know, but it's in the middle of nowhere um and i've driven down this road at night many many times so like you can go plenty fast on it but i know not to so i was doing like 40 and i i mean i i saw 30 or 40 deer before this one ran out in front of me wow you know like um i know certain places in town if you go up towards like the airport or something you will see crowds of them and on my route i'll see probably every night i see about eight or ten there's so much land off of the road, they usually stay off the road, right. thankfully. But yeah, every once in a while, they'll dart when you don't expect yep, it. Yep, and that's what it was. I was coming around a corner, and luckily I was going slow. And it was like halfway up out of the ditch onto the road when I came around the corner, and I think it just got spooked. And luckily, I I kind of sideswiped it with mm-hmm. my front headlight. And you got a big truck, thankfully. Yeah, yeah I got an F-150, so... She's, oh, she's still running. One of those running. things that sucks, man. Yeah. I, I, every time it happens or almost happens. Luckily, there was no... I, I mean, there was damage to my truck. My bumper's all kinds of messed up. But, like, there's no damage to the driving or the wheels yeah. or the engine. So, you Damn. know, move on. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. You are bringing it down. Yeah. <laughs> Not to keep it down, but I know we, had, uh, we hadn't mentioned it last pod, and it's been a few weeks and everything, but we really should give the, uh, the genius Bob Saget his, yeah. his due, man. Yeah. You know, it was, it was so sad, and it's so weird when something like that hits the internet your phone will come from like three or four different people letting right. you know stuff. Yeah. And I'll do it myself too. Dude, dude, yeah. dude. Yeah. And it, for, for, for me, it's usually my, my cousin, my brother, you, uh, my mom sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'll, I'll get those text messages all at once and then I'll jump on Twitter and everyone, it hits all at the same time yeah. and you're just seeing it. And, and within 10 minutes, everyone is talking about it. Right. And, Almost even more so than Betty White, you know, because we were all prepared for Betty White. We knew that was going to happen yeah. at, at some point. Bob Saget came out of nowhere. Yeah. He was, and, what, like 60? Yeah, 65, 65, maybe, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And apparently it was just a heart attack. Yeah. It no, happened mean, when he was asleep, so yeah. thankfully that's how everyone hopes they can go, yeah. you know, is in their sleep peaceful. It's, so You know, what's interesting about it is, though, is that, like, people who know him from Full House, yeah. you know, 
that don't know about his stand-up. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. They're starting to hear about his stand-up. It's interesting. We all had our moment in life when it, we realized Bob Saget wasn't was clean. Yeah, was not the dad from Full House. Yeah, yeah, you or, know? The, or the corny guy from America's Honey, Funniest Home Videos. Right, yeah. Uh, and I remember where I was, and I remember it was my duty to tell everyone I know. Do, do you know what Bob Saget? Have you heard his stand-up? Yeah. He, he's dirty as shit, dude. Yeah, like crazy <laughs> really, off-the-wall shit. It's really funny, too, yeah. and I, I loved his, like his cameos and movies and everything. And I had just rewatched right when he died. And I was like, well, I got to pay my due somehow. I'm not, I could either watch like the, the great half bake scene. Yeah, that's, I mean, and it worked, but I loved critical condition with Richard Pryor mm-hmm. and he was in the whole movie. He was, uh-huh. he was one of the interns in it. He was Interesting. Young, I don't he was remember like that. I've seen 23, that, 24 years old when Richard Pryor is impersonating a doctor, he's kind of leaning on uh, Bob Saget's character to how to do stuff. Wow, that's interesting. And I never realized that. Yeah, so some funny stuff with him in there, man. It's such a shame because it's very similar to like Norm MacDonald, you know? Yeah. Two comedians that were so good and so universally loved yeah. by everybody. Yeah. You will never hear a bad word about either of those two guys. No. And uh, it, it seems to happen to comedians, you know? We lose these guys so young, but thankfully we have tons of stuff to revisit. I was never into Full House, you know? Oh, I loved it back in the day. I watched it. I wouldn't say I loved it The, the thing is, is... My wife loves it. She's yeah. a huge fan. You're a little bit. I was a little old, so that dynamic for me was right in the sweet spot, you know. But I did love because remember they paired that. Yeah, they paired it with Family Matters, Uh, and I loved Family Matters. Oh yeah, I I could totally get into that. There wasn't a level of corn with with little kids doing one-liners. It was that little kids with the one-liners, the Olsen twins. Yeah, yeah. I I just couldn't get into it. I also remember when they tried to bring that one with Suzanne Somers step by step. Oh, I love step by step. I'm a huge sitcom guy, so it's 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 weird what hit with me and what didn't yeah and it was the little kid stuff i think it was a little too much yeah well and that's the thing is i yeah. was a couple you were years a little younger kid. Yeah, so yeah. you know it worked out great for me like um yeah it's just yeah. interesting yeah it's crazy but like i said he's check out some of his stand-up if you don't if you don't know about it because yeah. it's certainly uh you might feel a little bit differently <laughs> afterwards though luckily i knew about that yeah. so it wasn't like what you know but yeah. there's definitely going to be a lot of that you know so I spent this last week I'm prepping for my uh, uh, for I've got several trips coming up. I'm going to San Francisco, depending on when this thing drops. It could be very soon, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going up north for like a like kind of like a four day weekend at the uh, end of March, beginning of April, and then me and the wife booked our anniversary for the middle of October to go to Toronto to see Iron Maiden in concert. Hell yeah, dude. And we, we, we're big concert people too, but we haven't been to concerts in so long. Sure. And Toronto, they're very safe. You got to show vaccination and who know where, who knows where we'll be come October anyways. Bro, I lost my vaccination card. Oh, you lost it. I huh? don't know where the fuck it is. Oh, you need to find that shit. <laughs> yeah. I already made photocopies of my shit just in case that fuck. happens. I but. think I took pictures of it. Yeah. 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 Dig those up. So I'm sure. Uh, who knows where the the pandemic will be in October? Hopefully, we'll we'll all be friggin' free of Everybody shit. Everybody will have had Omicron by yeah, then. And yeah, for sure. It'll just be all good. And uh, I've never seen a concert. I've never been to uh, Canada, and I've never seen a concert out of the country. I was oh, like, yeah. it's really interesting to me the concept that you you have your, like your your vacation photos, and in the middle of it, you've got like Iron Maiden concerts. You <laughs> put on like crazy, insane concerts oh, where I'm they sure. have that that Eddie character, you know the uh, the the ghoul kind of the skeleton ghoul that kind of is the mascot for Iron Maiden. If you've okay. ever seen, oh yeah, Iron yeah, 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 uh, they bring like a thirty foot 
Eddie out on the stage who spits fire. In oh, the, that's awesome. The, the lead singer takes out a like a, a sword and fights him on stage. Oh, and wow. It's like a whole thing. It's like if you if you ever saw like a Janet Jackson or a uh, or a Britney Spears concert, the, the how much production value they put yeah, into it. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, they do that with Iron Maiden like hardcore. That's awesome. So it's, it's a it's an experience. It's a so. performance. It's a performance. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited because I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. So much so that I have not changed my playlist from Iron Maiden in my car in like two and a half years. Yeah. And then when I do it, it's usually for a month and I go back to Iron Maiden. Right. I, in my senior year, I wore nothing but Iron Maiden shirts. I had 20 of them and they rotated and I was that guy. That's awesome. If you, anyone from the class in 94, the guy who wore the Iron Maiden shirts, ah, you're listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Charlotte High, man. Uh, yeah, exciting. Uh, so this... I don't know what was the year for this movie here. Let me look. 91. So I was in high school when this movie came out. So you'll know from the title, obviously, we're going to have another episode of uh, Obsessed with the Obscure, and we are going to be talking about some toy soldiers. Hell yeah. Love this movie, man. So I know much. I saw this in the movie theater. I, I was, saw I didn't. Uh, I was super excited to see this in the movie theater, man. Yeah. And you ha- they had me with the cast, and we usually break down the cast, and we'll, we'll do that now because there's so many great cast members of young kids, man. Yeah. You were just pulling up the cast list yourself, and you're like, man, these motherfuckers were young in this yeah, movie, dude. Man. Yeah, 1991 is when this was released. So these guys were probably most of those guys were in their mid-20s, 23, oh, yeah, 24 maybe. Yeah. So... We've got a slew of like, like uh, young actors in it. I don't think there's a woman in this movie. No, it was a there, it was a boy. School. It was a boy school. Yeah. So I don't think there was a single woman or teacher. I don't think there maybe was a, a teacher. In maybe the like a, maybe the lunch lady or something. Maybe because yeah. yeah, there really wasn't. So our main cast consists of Sean Astin, who is obviously depending on what generation you're from, he's either Rudy. Or he's Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings, yep. or he's uh, Bob from Stranger Things, yep. or uh, shit, man. So many movies, man. Yeah, I love fucking Sean Ashton, man. Comes from acting royalty. His dad, his stepdad was uh, Gomez from the Adams Family. His mom was Patty Duke from obviously the uh, the old. 50s and 60s sitcom, The Patty Duke Show. Yeah. Will Wheaton also, so it's a little bit of trivia here. Not Will Wheaton, Keith Coogan. So mm. Will, let's go Will Wheaton first. So Will Wheaton, most people know him, especially now from Big Bang Theory. Oh, really? Most people back in the day know him from Stand By Me or from yeah. Star Trek. He, yeah. pl- he played in Star Trek. But with Big Bang Theory, he, him coming up playing himself in that, because he played Will Wheaton in himself. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they talked about his time on Star uh, Trek. And oh, he that's just became cool. friends with the group and everything. Yeah. It was really clever how they did it. Uh, Keith Coogan was one of the other kids, and I always loved Keith Coogan. He was the kid from Adventures in Babysitting that was obsessed with Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. The main kid. Yeah. Basically. And he's been in several stuff, but his grandfather is Uncle Fester. Oh, really? So it's so weird that Sean Ashton's dad, yeah. stepdad, is Gomez. Yeah. Will uh, Keith Coogan's dad, uh, our granddad, is uh, friggin' uh, Fester. Uncle Fester. That's great, so dude. Funny. Uh, and then there was a couple minor actors in it uh, as to round out those kids. George Perez played uh, the Ricardo character. He apparently was in Tim Cup and Selena, so not many things I was familiar with. Now, T.E. Russell, who was the black kid in it, him I did know. He was in Gladiator, the other Gladiator, you know, the one we like with Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, yeah. He was in Trespass. He was the one that was carrying the video camera 
in oh, Trespass. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. And he was also in the movie Swimming with Sharks, which was a good Frank Wally movie. Uh, and then Sean Pellin, who played Yogurt. It's weird. We looked. We just spent time going to IMDb because he saw he died really young at 23, and I have it written right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that he died, unfortunately, in a, a, an auto accident when he was 23. Uh, who else we got on here? Well... The great Lou Gossett Jr. Absolutely, man. Talk about somebody that makes any movie better. Anything. Anything. Anything, yep. dude. A huge Iron Eagle fan, Officer and a Gentleman. I, I love all the Digstown, obviously. It's yeah. probably your favorite Absolutely. of all the Lou Gossett. And, uh, I had to pick up my favorite Lou Gossett. Mine, he's great. Oh, he's so good. It's... What would your favorite? Would that be your favorite Lou Gossett Jr. movie, uh, Digstown? I think I would have to go with Chappie, Iron Maiden, man. He was such an iconic character for me in that yeah it would be Digstown. i fucking love that movie yeah. i might watch that today Digstown's another that could be on obsessed with the obscure not many people know about Digstown. <laughs> could definitely be an obscure movie that we'll talk about sometime and that'll be a fun one to break down too um so the terrorist in this movie andrew divoff he's awesome man i loved him in another 48 hours oh, really yeah, recognizable right. he had that really stern face that looked like he he's he emoted don't fuck with me right and uh I've seen him in several movies, actually. So another 48 hours, he was great. He was the leader of the biker gang. He was in Graveyard Shift. He was one of the guys that cl was there to clean up the mill when the rats were taken over. Oh, wow. Uh, Air Force One, one of the terrorists in that. Huh. And another one that a lot of people probably don't know because he had so much makeup on it, he was Wishmaster. Ah, oh, that's where Crazy. I know him from. Okay. Yeah, you almost wouldn't yeah. know it was him unless you saw the name. But uh, a couple really great old school character actors in this movie Arlie Ermey who is the main drill instructor from Full Metal Jacket right yeah everyone knows him uh, Mason Adams who I he played the deputy director of the FBI in this movie and I love him he was uh, he played the granddad and son-in-law yeah and he was also in FX. Yeah, the, yeah, The Brian yeah. Brown one. Uh, house guest. He was in House Guest with Sinbad. That's right. He's the one who gets his tooth pulled. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I always remember him of this. Every time I hear his voice, he was the original Cadbury Bunny commercial. Oh, when really? he talked about the Cadbury Bunny yeah. uh, thing. He has that really great kind of Bob Ross voice that makes you want to go to sleep. <laughs> I always loved him in that. That's funny. A friend um, of mine and I were just talking about that Sinbad scene the other day with the lidocaine oh, on yeah. his hands. And like, oh, so funny. That's a great movie. Uh, Denholm Elliott. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Coleman. Denholm, yeah. Uh, great from uh, from Indi all the Indiana Jones movies and all sorts of different flicks he's been in. Denholm Elliott, you'll recognize immediately if you pull his picture up. Uh, who else? Michael uh, Champion, who I loved in... Uh, he's been in several movies that people know. Total Recall. But Total Recall's the one I remember yeah. him most from. He yeah. looked just like he did in Total Recall in this movie. Mm -hmm. They're very uh, close together. He's the one that was like Michael Ironside's right-hand guy. Yeah. There. He, yeah, there. there. Or, I, yeah. He, when he's talking about... Uh, sh uh, What's her name? Uh, Sharon Stone sleeping with Arnold. Yeah. So you're saying she enjoys it? No, I'm sure she hates it. Hated every minute of it. Yeah. <laughs> Love but he he was also in When a Stranger Calls way back in the day with uh, that old school horror movie. He was in Ten, uh, Holy Moses, History of the World Part Two, uh, One. So he was in a couple uh, really good campy comedy movies. But then he was in uh, the first Beverly Hills Cop, Pink Cadillac, who never no one ever talks about. Man. Yeah. And finally, another major character in this movie, 
but he did not get billed on IMDb. Like I'm going through the IMDb thing, writing the cast list down. His name is not on there. Then I'm rewatching the movie, and I was like, why did they not credit Jerry Orbach? Really? Jerry Orbach, such a huge actor, and he played the mob boss who is the dad of uh, uh, Will Wheaton in the movie. Okay. Remember at the point when he wants his son to get out of the school because yeah. the terrorists take over and yeah. he makes a deal with him? You see Jerry Orbach in several scenes, and I'm like, why the hell didn't he get billed? I'm wondering if it was a SAG thing. Like if he was trying to get uh, around SAG and he just didn't want to get credited for the movie, a lot of times I know uh, people will do that. They're just doing it for a favor or something. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, the cast in, the, uh, in this movie was very interesting too. The, the writer and director of the movie is Daniel Petrie Jr. Now, the only other movie he's really known to dr- for directing is In the Army Now, which I enjoyed. But as a writer, he was known for a bunch of different stuff. He actually wrote Beverly Hills Cop, Shoot to Kill, which is the great one where we either did or doing on yeah. <laughs> uh, on uh, Obsessed with the Obscure. And then he also wrote uh, Turner and Hooch. Oh, really? So he was the co-director on Toy Soldiers. Do you know who the other uh, – oh, the co-writer on this movie. You know who the other co-writer was? John Landis. David Nope, who is the guy who comes in and fixes scripts. We learned about him oh, that's, on the I Come in Peace pod, That's man. crazy, yeah. So in, it's weird. I'm re-listing these movies, and there are a couple that I left off from the other one. So if you had not listened to the I Come in Peace pod, we were talking about this co-writer who we just recently learned has been a co-writer on so many movies with other writers, basically to do rewrites and to kind of sharpen the scripts up. So here's kind of a run-through of some of his movies, and some of them I mentioned before and there were some of them in here I didn't. So he had been brought in to help out with I Come in Peace, Bad Influence, Death Becomes Her, Jurassic Park, Carlito's Way, The Shadow, Mission Impossible, The Lost World, Snake Eyes, Stir Echoes, Panic Room, Spider-Man, Secret Window, War of the Worlds, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Shit, and uh, that's it. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty awesome. Now, cinematographer-wise... This is a very unknown guy, man, who came on to do it. And it was, he did a damn good job. I thought the cinematography on this was really great. This might be his biggest thing because he looked like he went to TV after a while. But the only other movie that I recognized when I went down the list was Andre. You know, that Seal movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sure it looked beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but I have never seen it. Now, the editor. Now, let's talk editors. This might be the most accomplished crew member on any of the crew members we've done on uh, Obsessed with the Obscure as okay. of now. So Michael Kahn was the editor. Michael Kahn's one of the biggest editors in the business. He's won three Oscars. He won an Oscar for Rage of the Lost Ark, Schindler's List, and Saving Private Ryan. Wow. So how the fuck they got him, I don't know. Yeah. But he has, he's a big, obviously, a big uh, Spielberg guy. Uh-huh. Spielberg used the same. He used a woman for his first half of his movies, and then she died. And I'm pretty sure now he just uses Michael Kahn. Uh, so it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. The composer, also a very renowned composer, Robert Folk. And I've always known Robert Folk for one thing, but it was interesting to go back and learn about these other movies that he had scored. When I think Robert Folk, I always think Police Academy. He does all the Police Academy movies. Oh, really? Yep, so that big theme from Police Academy was always credited to Robert Folk, and that's all I knew him from. But when I went back, he did the score for Bachelor Party, Can't Buy Me Love, Loaded Weapon 1. Nice. Uh, in the Army Now, so that's his connect with the director here. Uh, Trapped in Paradise, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls, and Nothing to Lose. So he's done a lot of comedies. Yeah. He's a comedy guy, so it's interesting. that Because Toy Soldiers, 
There's some tense moments in this movie. Oh, yeah, that's what dude. I like about it. And I think that's what we're going to talk about when we go through and do our commentary. We're just going to commentary the last 17 minutes of the movie because it's so stressful oh, and so bro. awesome. So to give you a little details before we go into the trivia and then we talk about uh, some of our some of our flicks uh, or uh, actual scenes. So let me see here what we got. So the runtime was an hour and 51 minutes, which is it's pretty big for well, an action actually, flick. I thought I remember you know? being shorter than yeah. that. Uh, rated R, which I appreciated, but I mean, what did what it, was it really R for? I guess there was a lot of swearing. There's a lot of swearing, but also one of the kids gets shot. Yeah, I guess you, know, you would think you'd be able to get away with that in a PG-13 movie, though. I mean, ninety-one, but, but it's a kid. Yeah, you know, like shit. You should see what Taps got away with back in the day. Oh yeah, they I electrocuted that poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> so the release date Lord April twenty-six, ninety-one. So yeah, just. Busting into the summertime, so I was like a sophomore in high school. Uh, filming locations, all of Virginia. Oh, yeah. really? And this was, there was, I'm pretty sure something else famous filmed at this school. Let me refer to my trivia here in a second. So the budget, $10 million, and the worldwide gross turned out to be $15 million. So okay. I'm always happy when we do these, and it's a uh, it's a big uh, profitable, profitable thing. Yeah. So. So a couple, not many trivia things kind of attributed to this. I kind of scoured the internet to find some some trivia and everything, and they haven't really done a great Blu-ray or DVD release for this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we need when people can come on and do like an hour-long documentary and tell yeah. their experiences. Uh, one that, A couple that I found were very interesting was the scene where, Ch- where Sean Ashton tosses the banana peel on the ground and... Uh, Lou Gossett Jr. says, pick that banana up. Yeah. And it was a great scene. Apparently, it was improvised, and Sean Ashton just went to the prop department. Oh, and really? said, can I get a banana? And then I, apparently, he's just eating it, and then he just tosses it on the ground. Huh. Uh, while the middle of, like, Lou Gossett Jr.'s speech to them about how they have fucked up at school. Right. And Lou Gossett Jr. responded, like, in character, like, perfectly. That's and fucking the, And great. the take is in the movie. And it's really cool when you go back and rewatch that scene. Huh. Here's what was filmed at school. Major Pain was also filmed <laughs> at this school. Killing is my business, <laughs> and business is good. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. That is a great movie. Uh, I haven't watched it in forever, too. So, and I already went into the connection. I had put the Sean Ashton and Keith Coogan uh, kind of uh, Adam's family connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Divoff, who th- plays the uh, the head terrorist, said this was his favorite role of all time, and I completely understand why. When you watch him in this movie, it's just like a gift to like a great character to right. come in and just be a badass terrorist. Like, and he was a badass terrorist in this movie. So in Germany, it's known as Boy Soldiers, which is interesting. Interesting. And the body count was a lot bigger than I thought it would be. The body count was 18. Okay, yeah. So, see, that's why it's rated Only R. Only one student, I think, but it was a main character in the movie, too. So, let's go Let's go through this movie. Let's talk about what, what's actually happening here and what this movie's about. First of all, did you, you watched this when you were young. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, if not in the theater, was, closely afterwards. This was like all summer on HBO yeah. one year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just played it just over and over and over. And I, I just, it was one of those ones that yeah. I just watched. Once you watch time. it, you're like, oh, this is so much well, fun. Well, and man. I was like that exact yeah. age. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. you know, so yeah, it, it came out in the theater in 91, which meant back then it probably came out on cable like 92, 93. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so like I was like, 
12, 13, yeah. right when I started seeing this movie. So I was 16. So they were a little bit older than that. They were probably more like 18 because this is like a prep school. Yeah. Most yeah. of these kids here, and that kind of really leads into the, the plot of the story where this was a school for delinquents but rich kids yeah, too you know right. that uh it was a military will academy will wheaton's it wasn't necessarily military it wasn't military well, I thought it was no no military involved oh, really? in it yeah it was just a high level prep school gotcha for delinquents that have either uh that need hardcore discipline or just people whose parents are rich right. there was a lot of rich kids in this family and so the movie actually starts with in a separate kind of incident in like columbia mm-hmm where our two main terrorists are in a courtroom demanding the release of the Andrew Divoff's father, who is like the king shit of like terrorists, apparently. Right. And he's telling him, he's like, and the judge is saying, your father has already been transferred to the Americans. And he's like, you're lying. I know you're lying. He, he, he brutally just, this was a woman in the movie. He tosses that woman out the window. She's, he's got all the hostages lined up on the windowsill. Uh-huh. And he just pushes one of the uh, women out oh, and she falls fuck. to her death in front of everyone on camera. And then right after she falls to the death, the guy from Total Recall says, hey, you should see this. It's on, it's like a uh, a news report coming up on the TV. Yeah. And it's his father arriving in America. Oh, so shit. So he just killed that woman for nothing. Oh, God. So he, he ends up taking the hostages up to the roof, the judge, all the other hostages, and he leaves the hostages and takes the judge up into the helicopter as like insurance because they're just taking off to go now to America to try to get his dad back. Right. And a whole other terrorist situation. Tosses the judge. Like out the window, man, Fuck. and that's how it leads into like us. If you rewatch it too, the judge, it's like a badly bald cap on like a stunt man going out through the uh, yeah, through the yeah, like, like a, a fake, scarecrow, fake wig. Yeah. And, no, it's real. It's a guy, but he's like badly wearing a fake wig and a bald right. cap. So yeah. it's hilarious. That didn't matter back then. No, no. <laughs> but. Then we just go right into the school, you know, and right into the shenanigans. Like, remember that when they first brought us there, they, the kids are like, t- take the like baton from like the the like front gate guard, mm-hmm. and while he's trying to wrestle it away from the kids, someone spray painting rejects on the sign. Right. Yeah. Instead of Regis School, he put the rejects. School. Yeah. And basically, the first like twenty minutes, we're just getting to know these kids, man. Yeah. And. and who they were and what they did and do you remember the scene where the uh with the alcohol oh yeah absolutely it's like one of my favorite scenes tell us about it i love that scene yeah well so basically is it sean astin i always say his name wrong um astin okay um basically sean astin is like one of the biggest troublemakers at the school i think he's been kicked out of three or four right you know but But he's he's smart he's a fucking really smart kid you know natural leader yeah um and lewis gossett jr catches him selling mouthwash Mm -hmm. that was like 60 proof or something like that yeah they dumped the mouthwash off but it it, not rinsing the bottle gave it a little bit of a uh and mask the flavor a little bit, but right. they were selling it to other students. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, so right off the bat, you know what I mean? You kind of see what he's capable of and what kind of person he is and everything. And, like, yeah, I, I just love that scene, dude. Yeah, it's, it's they great. have, like, a tunnel system, so they, they, they end up going to the bowels of the school, and they tap into one of the phone lines so they can call, like, a 976 right. sex line. yeah, yeah. And they're all listening to it on speakerphone. All the dudes are listening to it, and they're excited, and the women's, I, I've got negligee on should i take it on uh, off or leave it on and they're all consulting with each other like 
take it off. Take yeah. It off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they, it gets all hot and heated. And all of a sudden, Lou Gossett Jr. picks up one of the phones and realizes what the hell is going on. Yeah. And like traces it to the call box and traces the line all the way to where they had like cut into the wire down there. Yeah. And that's where he catches them all there and finds the uh, the mouthwash. You guys snuck down here to drink mouthwash, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Right. And, uh, and, and then he knew who was involved. And he's like, well, if you're here, certainly Will Wheaton's character's here. Why don't right. you come out? And he comes out and he goes through one of each of them and they yeah. all come out. And then he goes from room to room. He says, Mr. I don't know what Sean Ashton's, let me look up Sean Ashton's character's name is uh, Billy. And uh, so Lou Gossick is like, Billy sold you some alcohol. You have 10 seconds to put it in my hands. Yeah. And then he, he starts counting and everyone, one after another, starts putting it in his hand. It's hilarious. But yeah. It just shows what they're kind of up against. And you get that scene with Lou Gossick talking to Sean Ashton's like, you know, you could have been like, all this you've been kicked out of all these places he says i'm not gonna kick you out i know you want me to kick you out but i'm right. not gonna do it man yeah. you're gonna stick here and you're gonna go through all this crap yep now you're on pots and pans yeah <laughs> pots and pans i fucking love that part yeah i love it uh and so yeah it it doesn't wait too long it doesn't take too long to get the character development going i think it was cool how they did it where they developed that uh Keith Coogan made one joke about Will Wheaton's dad, so we got the impression, oh, his dad's kind of a higher-up mob guy and uh, who everyone's kind of uh, kind of lifestyle is. So <clears throat> about 20 minutes of the movie, that's when the hostage thing takes over. Man. Right. And it w- wasn't that hard. You know, He they went into the... Uh, once they got past the guard, who, who was obviously inept, he couldn't get his fucking baton back from a couple yeah, teenagers. Yeah, come on. So... They came right in and they just shot him. It was very minimal kind of security. Oh yeah, place. yeah. One little guard post and that's it. Yeah. So they just drove in and like a like a bread van or something. Just how many? Do they think they had twelve, maybe I mean, 12, at, 13? at least. Yeah. You know, because they had people up on watch on the corners of the top of the buildings. Yeah. They had people to control the kids. Like you know, I mean, plus there was like three or four main character kind of bad guys, right? They like yeah. did. You know, so they had. Yeah, it was pretty good, and so they came right in and they ruled it out, and they uh, they like gutted the school and put all the kids in the one room and everything, and they they were like, "This is what's going to go down," and it was really clever and methodical and thought out. You know, yeah. he had a dead switch on his hand. Right. He says, "We got this place wired with explosives. Mm-hmm. If anyone comes at me, I got this switch on my arm, and it will the whole thing will explode. So yeah. that's what's going to happen." He says, "I'm going to order the re- the release of my father." and uh, you guys are all my hostages and he knows that he's got important people's kids there and, right. and it's going to work Right. and he takes account of the kids 92 kids that's how many are there it's every hour we're going to count this number yeah. and if and if I don't come up with 92 I'm going to kill five of you yeah. and then Oof. we'll be counting 87 yeah. <laughs> from uh. that point on and it, soon after they they contact the FBI they're outside. They Lugosic start... Jr. is outside, too, Yeah, at the time, which don't is they, interesting. Don't they use the tunnel system to get out there to contact them? Because at one point, Sean Astin is trying yeah. to run back, and oh, he yeah. comes back it's in a, a towel. Now, that's, oh. that's one of my favorite Dude, scenes. Fuck, man. I just remembered that. Like that's it's such a, yeah. a good scene. So shortly into the movie, you realize these kids are like, we, we can't just sit here. Right. You know, this is... And they were like, well, we, what can we do? He said, we can surveil everything and make notes and draw pictures of what these guys look like. So in like a day or two, they were like, all right, there's two on the roof. 
there's two on this side of the roof. There are three on the grounds. There's right. another two in the cafeteria. There's two main guys. He's got the switch on his arm. They come up with like this intense dossier of what happens. Yeah. And at that point, they were like, now we just got to get it out to him. Right. They were like, how are we going to do that? So the, the kid they call Yogurt. Uh-huh. Uh, he has one like a not a drone, but it's like a uh, it's like a it's like room, a RC helicopter. Yeah, or it's something. like a helicopter, but it's sh- shaped like a disc, like a UFO. Kind yeah, of that's right, like a triangle. And, but it's remote yeah. controlled, and they were going to use this as a distraction to get the all they needed to do was get the guards to look away from their post, so Sean Ashton could run into the woods. Right. Yeah. And it it wasn't hard that first time uh, getting him out wasn't as hard as getting him in yeah and it was this is such a great scene it's so stressful if you like these kind of stressful kind of thriller movies this is the one for you so he gets out of there and the the military snatches him and says and he he hands him the dossier he says here you go i gotta go yeah like you're not going anywhere yeah he says you gotta stay here with this he says hey they're gonna kill five people if i don't get back and he says i'm sorry you're not going anywhere yet and he's he knows he has an hour so he's got like 45 minutes left yeah so they bring him back to that like tent where lou gossick jr is there uh, Mason Adams there, Arlie uh, Emery's there, and they were, uh, he's like, this is who they are, this is what's going on. He's like, it, and he's got it all written up, and they were like, we can't let you go back in there. if you." It, he says, they're going to kill five people. He says, well, they're going to kill you. And then Sean Ashton, before they even can debate anymore, like kicks one guy and then tips the tent post out, yeah. steals the Humvee, and just races back to the thing. Yeah. Well, during this whole scene, they started the count. And yeah, they, they were like, "What the hell's going on?" They were like, "We we gotta figure out what's happening here," and uh, well, because the they they realize that something is up yeah. with the flying thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it kind of tips them, and that's why they're like, "Oh no, something's going on." Do a count, and so that's why they were doing the count. I think early, right? Yeah. No, I think they waited till that time, <sighs> but they did take the the drone thing away. They uh-huh. ended up uh, taking it away, and they put it in the uh, it, because it comes into play later on into like the headmaster's uh, kind of office, they oh, okay. there, where the main terrorist is. And they go through the count, and they've. I love how it cuts into the scene, and we realize they've already done the count several times. And he's like, "I got ninety-one again." Yeah, and they, and he's like, "You think we weren't serious?" He screams really well. The head terrorist. He's like, "Count it again." Yeah. So as he's counted again, Sean Ashton gets to the tunnel, and on the very end, and this just makes one more hiccup that he shouldn't have had. He trips and he falls in the water and yeah. is completely soaking wet. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Then he finally gets to the tunnel and gets on the edge and he has to like literally wait until the uh, the guys on the roof look away. Right. Well, the kind of cause of distraction, the helicopters appear with Lugosi Jr. and uh, all the other guys. Uh-huh. And so it makes the guys on the roof disappear. So then the music cuts in and Sean Ashton books it all yeah. the way to the building. And they're at the point where they're going to kill five people. Yeah. They take Denholm Elliott, they take a couple more people, and they put them up against the wall, and they got guns to their heads. Oh, God. And Sean Ashen busts through the window and then takes, smartly takes all his clothes off, yeah. and grabs a towel, and races down. He's still taking his wet socks off while he's going down the hallway. Right. And busting, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry I was in the shower, I didn't realize it. Yeah. And that, man, he saved those guys' oh, life. Oh, my gosh, like, dude. It was super tense. fucking intense, dude. Not as tense as that scene where they got to switch the chips, which is what we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, That's dude. the scene we're going to watch. So it, it cuts back to the Army guys, and they're looking through the dossier, and they're like, these kids have something going on here, you know? And they realize what the kids want to do is take the chip from the drone, mm. from the remote control drone, and... uh switch it so when the guy on the um dead switch 
on the with the dead switch, the frequency goes to something else. It goes to the plane. It goes to the, the plane bomb. instead of the bomb. Yeah, and they they figured that will work, but they have to get into the headmaster's office to be able to do it. They have to get the main terror. There's a lot of ifs. Yeah, no, but it's it's so it's a fun ride. Yeah, it, it is a fun ride. Well, before we get to that, because. That was the game plan, and then Sean Ashton, something happens that really kind of upsets him, and he kind of is out of it for a, for a good few minutes till they got to rally him up. And that's when Jerry Orbach hears that his kid's in the school doing all this shit. Right. And his kid doesn't like his dad, but it's, I mean, it's still his dad. Yeah. And his dad pulls some strings and gets a message to the main terrorist that, hey, you got to release my son. It'll be a favor to me. I'm in the mob, you know, yeah. kind of. You, you do this for me, I do something for you later on. Yeah. And so they're going to, they call Will Wheaton into the headmasters and they're like, they're sending you home. Yeah. And they were like, what do you mean sending me home? He says, well, your dad called and he's like, no, I'm staying with my friends. Yeah. He's like, he's like, no, you're doing this and this is how it's going. Yeah. And he gets out into the hallway and he ends up making a move at one of the terrorists and grabs his gun yep. and then busts out the main doors and his friends are looking at him. He's like, holy shit, he's got a machine gun yeah. and just starts spraying bullets. And then one guy just shoots Will Wheaton in the chest yeah. man, and just brings him down. Does that slow oh, fall. And everyone freaks out. And even the main terrorist is like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you he just fucked up, You just man. fucked us. Yeah. Like, Once, oh. if, we, if we do get out of this. Yeah. We're now fucked, we're so. fucked. Like, so that's when the, the great scene is going to pop up that we're going to talk talk about and it's the scene where they're going into the headmaster's thing all the way through the incursion man and it, it is such an exciting scene let me look at the time codes here to prep everyone if you've got a copy of toy soldiers or if you can look at for one online we'll uh we'll talk about it so you're gonna just get to the the hour and 25 minute mark and we're gonna uh we're gonna talk about that finale scene here all right Oh, so we're starting right off. With the garage door opener taped to his <laughs> wrist. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking They told me what it was, and I believe it, yo. <laughs> Look at this window. Yeah, he was definitely Wishmaster. Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, someone tells you, and then you look at him, and you're like, oh, yeah, I totally see it, even with the makeup. It's like yeah. that shame-shaped head and everything. Yeah, he's so good in this. So he's, where are we in this right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. They cut the power on them so they can start the incursion here, which is pretty awesome. I'm going to put it down a little bit and put the subtitles on. Oh, man. Kill a kid every 15 minutes until the power comes back on. Yeah, so this is where they have the whole plan set up, and each one of them have, like, kind of a job to do. I love that Sean Ashton is going through kind of the cafeteria and letting people know that something's going on and we're actually going to make a move. Yeah. Because they're going to do like a major distraction inside the cafeteria so that they can go into the headmaster's place. So. Yeah. All right. We cut the Lugosi Jr. on the outside being a badass. Yeah. He gets to even be more of a badass than he expected to be uh, by the end of this movie. Oh, too. yeah. I mean, I mean, he always does. I know. It's Lewis it's like, Jr., that's man. in his contract. This guy looking very AC Slater. Very, very. I know the the Mexican kid in this. Very AC Slater. Yeah. So the whole thing kind of hinges on the entrance into the bathroom. So he brings in the two like I guess they're like freshmen where they these guys are seniors. The one kid yogurt and the other kid, and they bring him to the bathroom and they turn on water and he's supposed to turn the water off. off. If there's a problem. So as long as water's running, he knows that he can come back in here. So he, there's basically a drop-down 
what is it, flap into the ceiling. Right. Which allows him to kind of weasel his way all John McClane style (laughs) (laughs) to the headmaster's thing. And the other kid's going with him, too, because the other kid's the one who knows all the tech and and what right. the switch and what wires to clip to deactivate the uh the thing the switch because he knows there's like a uh what is it a corresponder a or kill a switch. transponder i think that kind of allows him to be able to do it so this the main distraction involves Keith Coogan and at some point he's we found out earlier i think in the movie that he's got asthma yeah and so now he just has to play that up I've done that myself to get, out of, <laughs> to get out of a gym class or two over the years. Not as much as he's doing. Yeah. I mean, he's on the ground because if you'd pull it that much, you're going to get ambulances called. Yeah. <laughs> so he's on the ground kind of struggling for air, and the headmaster's trying to hand him his inhaler. He almost is, like, pushing, pushing it, it away. away yeah. Like, come on, dude, I'm doing something here. Yeah. So we cut back to Sean Ashton, who's kind of looking down into the headmaster's office at the terrorists, who's being called away because of the asthma attack. Which, he's lucky that he did. I yeah. mean, if he didn't get called away and he's like, just deal with it, it would have been a whole different story. Now, my question is, how does he plan on getting back up there? Wasn't easy. Because... That's that... my, it's my big trouble little channel line. Yeah. How'd you get up there? <laughs> he does do a pretty big jump, though. So he jumps down to the headmasters, and he's got, like, obviously no time to do this. Right. And he's taking the kind of inner workings of the drone off. Yeah, and, and the other kid is telling him what to do from the ceiling. That's the detonator. <laughs> Don't touch that, you dumb shit. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a separate box that is the receiver. So he's telling him to take the casing off, and he's basically going to disarm it and trade one of the chips for the other. Right. Keith Guggen's still pulling his asthma trick. <laughs> Coleman. I love these, man. I love these things. So I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of facts that go on with disarming bombs and, and arming bombs. I would think they would have to talk to somebody from the bomb squad so it's not completely poo-pooed yeah, when someone's watching it. But it really is. Maybe these days. Like, it, it's a great special effect. I mean, you have a couple coils in there and yeah. chips and wires. wires and, multicolored wires and a light on. And suddenly you have a detonator. And it, like a lot of these, he's like, I don't have a blue chip. I have a red chip. Or he he needs a red chip, but there is one not when he has a blue chip. That must uh, be it then. Oh, see right? that would that would stress me out. Yeah, he says if they're telling you to cut the green wire and there isn't a green wire, right, and they like, start moving to another and color. And they say, "Well, go with the blue one." Then my bullshit alarm is going off <laughs> yeah. on your tech abilities here. If you can't, oh yeah. So they're, I think. Do they even let Denholm Elliott in on this? I don't think they do. No. I, I think, think Denholm Elliott's just concerned. Yeah. And now there's the first uh, sign. So basically Keith Coogan is watching for the terrorist's wrist dead Red switch to, to turn off. Yeah. It's <laughs> that garage door opener is brightly lit for sure. Right? And once he pulls that, that thing literally out of the, is a garage door opener, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it like. totally is. <laughs> so Sean Ashton pulls the the chip out, which is it sucks on his end because he didn't know if it worked. Right, he can't see the transponder going off, so he just does a switch. <laughs> just be careful. Yeah, right. This is emotions. And the light shit. went right back on, so that was pretty well done. Yeah, where it was probably off for fifteen seconds, 
But Keith Coogan's got to keep it going for a little. He kind of ends it a little too soon, in my opinion. Yeah. Because Sean Ashton still has to get the fuck exactly. out of the room. You can't just stop the moment. Yeah, I mean, and obviously he's he just heard right something. Back. He quickly puts the drone back and hides under the desk. Talk Ugh. about this is a gut check situation. And Yogurt's above him just holding that door. Yeah. Him I would be more worried about because if he just makes a move or drops that door and it squeaks, that uh, guy's going to look up. The tiniest bit, yeah. Ah. See, our guy from Total Recall just came back in to get the, the notes on Will Wheaton to see. Well, not Will Wheaton, Keith Coogan, to see if he does, in fact, have asthma. And you notice that door does have a squeak to it there. It does have a squeak. Yeah. See? Yeah, I'd be concerned. Dang. So he just jumps up all on his damn self. I mean, it is kind of a 10-foot jump that he has to yeah. jump up there. And he pulls him up back into the ductwork. Lewis Gossett's going in, man. He can't be held back any longer. All right, now the incursion is starting here, and it was done really well. I loved how they filmed these guys going in and doing it. Oh, yeah. And now that we know they had, like, a Cracker Jack editor on the movie, we know why this pulled out so well with a not so... I mean, arguably the... uh, the editor and the director of photographer were a lot more skilled than the writer and the director oh, on yeah. this movie. I mean, yeah. when you're only on the directing movie is In the Army Now. Yeah. <laughs> I like In the Army Now, I mean, but that is a different scale than this movie here. So they did a the director of photography and the editor did a fantastic job. Oh shit. Oh, here's where shit just goes bad yep. because they probably could have slow played getting in there. They should have gone for the headshot. Until this one terrorist oh. just happens to drop a grenade from the roof. And once it goes off, it's all, it's game time. You don't want it. Yep. So that grenade goes off. Everyone's head turns, and the game is on. Oh, shit. Yep. He immediately, I, I love him smacking Denham Elliott with this, uh, with this antenna. Oh. oh, man, he looks like he did it, too. Oh. But that was like that old forced perspective thing. So now, Lou Gossick, your job has just been escalated from... Uh, was he vice principal or something like this? Something Disciplinary like kind of head. I think the other. I think Denholm was the headmaster. Maybe not. So yeah, this whole special forces team. So he's tourniqueting people and everything. Ah, yeah. oh. so someone comes in the bathroom. One of the terrorists just to take a piss. Yeah. And so the kid working the water turns it off. He has to turn it off, but obviously he's not gonna. They didn't think real hard in this because you realize, oh, I can't stay in here. Then yeah. so he's gonna have to leave. Right. Which leaves the faucet off, and unless it's on, Sean Ashton's not going to know that it's safe to come back at Right. So the kid who left informs the uh, the Mexican kid that he left and kind of it's open in there. Now, this is where Andrew Divin is losing his shit because he realizes half his guys are gone. He can't get any communication from anybody. This is such a brilliant move, though. So the terrorist goes over. And starts washing his hands. Right. So now Sean Ashton thinks everything's cool. They even have so this we'll moment. So we'll just go ahead and drop down. Yeah. He even has this moment in the duck where he says, Shush, do you hear water? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear water. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this great line. <laughs> I thought yeah. we were in trouble there for a second. <laughs> and I love this shot, too. The pan up, perfectly centered with this guy washing his face and that flap dropping down. Yeah. He just turns his head, realizes, hot damn. They're lucky they didn't just get shot. Yeah, I mean, I think they were trying to be careful just because they know who the parents were. And it turns into a different situation if you're killing the kids. Yeah. Technically, Will Wheaton's already been killed, so. 
So Sean Ashton comes down, turns around, and boom, he is head first right in front of a terrorist holding an M16. So, oh, the Mexican king comes in, and they just make their opportunity. I love that, man, when you realize you're in a situation and you need to act now. Yeah, you have and to. And they did it, and they just... I really think it looked like Sean Ashley got hit here when this kid whips this gun at the terrorist. He, oh, it did. He reacted like yeah. it did. Yeah. So they knock out the guy in the bathroom. And now the, the guy who's supposed to, like, disarm the bomb yeah. has, like, no use of his legs. Yeah. So Lugosic Jr. has to, like, carry him to the headmaster's, like, window. Oh, is oh. this my, is this my this, scene? This is your scene, man. Your big scene's coming out. So Sean Ashton immediately hightails it from the bathroom into the kitchen and immediately puts an apron on to start his pots and pans duty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to be here. I'm on pots and pans. What's pots and pans? I fucking <laughs> love that shit. Oh, pots and pans. <laughs> so great. Pots and pans. Boom. And oh, then he nails man. it with the frying pan. I, I think I would have a hard time just hitting somebody once to knock them out. I, I think I would have to hit him several times. You got to follow through. Yeah. You can't hold back on it. So, so the head terrorist, yeah, he goes up to the kind of like the bird's nest here to check on his like, I mean, what kind of gun is that, man? He's got like a fucking yeah. crazy like, what is that big gun? I'm pretty called? sure that's a 50 cal. Oh, 50 cal. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So they got this 50 cal set up in the window, which is lucky they do because they have two like Apache helicopters that are like coming towards the fucking uh, they place. They got a rocket launcher so, up So yeah, there. our total recall guy is on the roof, realizes the guys are dead. So he just grabs like a rocket launcher and, is, and hesitates. He really should have just shot. Boom. And because of his hesitation, mini. someone gets shot with some huge squibs. Yeah, a fucking I mean, minigun. Those, those are like some chopper. Paul Verhoeven Robocop squibs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the black kid and the uh, the Mexican kid all take the guys in the cafeteria down, and Sean Ashton has his hero moment. Yeah. Jumps on the table. Everyone to the kitchen. Just smart, man. That's why you don't kick this kid out of the fucking thing. Right. It's not all about SAT scores, Something motherfucker. Tells me he's going to graduate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take oh. that, guidance counselors. How do you not hear... Uh, oh, no, that's ridiculous. Uh, fucking, I'm pretty sure that's not an Apache. No, it's, uh, it's like one of those... Uh, Rambo 2. Yeah. Was that an Apache? Maybe it wasn't. I, I, it might be an Apache. Maybe. It wasn't a Tomahawk. It's a big, big-ass fucking helicopter with yeah, how do you major guns on Coming that? up right behind you. Like, Oh, yeah. So you got the, uh, I guess, the military's version of SWAT, the Rangers or whoever they are, Delta, yeah. comes through the window. Kids are all coming through the basement because they have that hole in the, in the basement wall where they were all drinking and talking to the porno lady. Yeah. I love why they're down there. They give Denholm Elliott some whiskey. I oh, almost feel like that's Denholm's, like, in his script. I must be given whiskey. At some point. At some point yeah. in the movie. <laughs> Such a great location. It, it really is. It, it makes me happy to know that this is the major pain kind oh, of yeah. uh, university here, man. That's great. So they are, like, on foot. All the terrorists. All balls all firing away at the helicopters. I mean, they're throwing in, like, a straight military rescue in here. This is army. This is oh, yeah. not... This is not your Well, they realized police. that once the guy found out that Will Wheaton had been killed, that the uh, they didn't have much time before. Oh, not Will Wheaton. Remember, the Will Wheaton's 
uh, death was retaliated by by killing the guy in prison. Oh, his that's father. right. Yeah. So that's what they were avoiding. They they knew that once the terrorist realized his dad was dead. Right. That that's why they cut the phone lines. So they had to cut the phone lines yeah. and they had to go in now. They got this like 60, no, this, 50, 60 this, this kind of fucking invasion. military guys going in. This is where their money went. There's been at least <laughs> there's been at least six helicopters. Oh yeah, I mean these they had these helicopters for a couple days. This is so now the the terrorists come back to the cafeteria that was filled with kids and his men, and yeah. one guy's dead and the kids are missing. And you're not going to find these kids. I mean these kids are underground now. <laughs> they give them the mouthwash. Yeah, yeah. They give Dan Elliott <laughs> some mouthwash. Who doesn't even question it? You know. Yeah. Every time I see the head terrorist, I think of uh, another 48 hours. He had that teardrop tattoo right on his cheek. Oh, yeah. part of that biker gang. Yeah. Yeah, that and this and 48 hours are two of his best roles, man. He's pretty Sean Ashton does not think that he doesn't have peripheral vision. Boom. Oh, knock Sean Ashton in the head. And then he's going to drag him to the headmaster's office, which is where this is all going to go down. I just don't understand why he would have waited there instead of just going someplace else. But No, he should have. I don't know what he thought he was going to do. Yeah, I love these shots of these Delta guys just sliding in the frame. Really right. filmed well. Each one of these shots. Handheld. Steadicam. Dolly shots. I mean, they busted out all yeah. the cool tech. The good film tech for all these shots falling up the stairs. These guys knew what they were doing when they yeah. were filming this movie, man. That's just shows to you that even though you don't have like major cred with directing that you're if you let people that know what they're doing help you out, they'll get your shots for you. So yeah, now this is straight up using Sean Ashton as a shield. Yeah. Yeah, this is, is his intense... dad important? Can we kill Sean Ashton? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> his dad's Gomez. Don't kill him. Right. No, this is a really intense scene. Yeah, like, it really is. This it's last a, 17 minutes of the movie is just... Minutes. That's long, dude. Yeah, it's just one big, like, great action scene. Wait, you so, need yeah. this gun. So the bomb diffuser here is sitting outside the window and has to hand Lou Gossick a gun and say, you got to go in and do this Yeah, kind of shit. And I love how he watches first to see what he's going to do. Oh, so now the head terrorist is going to hit that button, and one of the best moments of the movie is yeah. going to happen. Oh, here it is. He got the build up in the. He activates. He was ready to blow, man. Yeah, he was going to blow everybody. He was going to blow everyone up. up. And then when he hit that button and the drone next to him, sound of it whirling and it actually takes off in the room. Oh, shit's great. Makes this head terrorist guy lose his shit. Yeah, I love the scream and. Oh, man. The frustration. I'm I'm surprised he didn't kill Sean Ashton right there, but he he knew he really needed him as a shield then. Yeah. Yeah, he really kind of just screwed himself. Yeah, I think he realizes like, now the only way to do it is actually pull the wires out. And that's when Lou Gossick turns to the bomb guy and says, what happens? He says, that thing will explode. Lou Gossick flies through that window, man. Oh, oh that's your rated R right there. Headshot. <laughs> really, really nice oh. fake headshot yeah that was well done it was really well done like obviously it was a bladder or it was like something but it looked real like so real that i'm surprised they even let the actor do that yeah yeah no that was really well done and then bam the music cut off right there man sends you out of this movie thrilled so exciting man yeah it's such a great flick all right we'll stop it there 
basically what happens after that is you're still on pots and pans yeah, motherfucker. yeah. <laughs> such an exciting movie man it's it's so weird when you come across somebody that hasn't seen this movie. oh yeah there's a lot this oh, was yeah i mean unless you saw 91 in the theater or you saw it on that initial hbo run when they played it like yep. a motherfucker for like two maybe years yeah they took it off there and then you'd never see it Just it's not played it on tv should be played on TV. I don't know why it hasn't. It's the same as that, uh, what was it? I think it's called White, Whitewater Summer with him. And I still haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. dude. I mean, that one was on for like two years with him. That's how I saw that one too. Like, it's so yeah. weird. That's on my list of ones to get to. And then, uh, I'll have to check that out. Uh, but yeah, it's such a great one. If you can find Toy Soldiers, check it out, man. It's definitely, this is why we do these episodes. So we'll highlight these great movies. And this is one of them, man. This is one, like some of these ones, we'll do horror ones, we'll do comedy and thriller ones. And this is top-notch thriller. There's, and I will admit, there's a, half of the movies we're doing on The Obscure are cheesy and corny. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, and we'll let you know when they're cheesy and corny. This is not one of them. This right. holds up, man. No, this, this is this good. This seriously holds up as a great movie. And especially to see these actors who you you see. I mean, Sean Ashton's playing like the overweight dad making dad jokes. Yeah. Now. I mean, he's not doing these types of things. This right. is like straight out of like... He, he had just done Encino Man, and uh, this was pre-Lord of the Rings, where he was pre-Rudy. I think Rudy was oh, yeah. probably 92, 93. I think he did Rudy right after this movie. Really? And then that's when he went to, I call it going MacGyver level, when Richard Dean Anderson is no longer called Richard Dean Anderson. It's just MacGyver. He's called MacGyver. Yeah. And I, Sean Ashton is that same way. When I when I talk, got have to get somebody to know who Sean Ashton is, it's immediately Rudy, Rudy or yeah. Samwise yeah. Gamgee, depending on who you're talking to. Right. So. Exciting stuff, man. Yeah. Good Final shit. thoughts? Good stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fucking go see this movie. Yeah. Find a way to pull it up and, and watch it, because it's a fun fucking ride. This is ride. why I have DVDs, too, man. You realize all these movies are not available. Sure, you might yeah. be able to find the Terminator movies or the Rocky movies or those types of movies, but these obscure movies, if you don't snatch them, they're going to be lost forever. Yeah. I bought a movie a couple weeks ago that is one of the hardest movies. I don't know what my cat is doing. Uh, one of the hardest movies to find. It was never done on DVD, and it was only on VHS, and I think the VHS goes for about $100 on eBay. Oh, wow. And it used to be an HBO movie that me and my brother, both my brothers watched back in the day called Tag the Assassination Game. And it was like 1985. Whoa. And it starred the main nerd from Revenge of the Nerds uh -huh. and Linda Hamilton and one of the main guys from Reanimator. And it was uh, a bunch of guys on a college campus who developed a game where you have to take these guns that have those like uh, suction cup darts at the end. Yeah. And if you sneak up on somebody and hit them, they're out of the game. But it's like a campus-wide thing, and they have a leaderboard and everything. Really? And one of the guys was super obsessed with it and got shot he shot his dart at somebody and it bounced off the wall and hit him back. And oh, the guy's no. like, you're out. And he's like, I haven't been out in like three years. And he's like, let's do a do-over. He's like, no, you're out. Oh, wow. And he goes back to his room and he's so upset, he grabs a real gun and comes back and shoots the guy. Oh, and then no. realizes... In order to be the best, I'm just going to kill everybody. And oh, he starts wow. hiding the bodies. And it was such a great movie. Yeah. And I remember from back in the day, and I had to actually like contact this woman who's finding these mod movies online. Yeah. And I was like, do you have Tag the Assassination Game? And she's like, let me check for you. And she's like, yeah, I can get that for you. That's fucking she's awesome. She's like 12 bucks, And I was like, do it. Yeah. And I couldn't wait to get it. And I was like, I can't. I took pictures of it. And I was like, I can't wait. believe I'm watching Tag the Assassination Game on DVD now. That's so fucking awesome. I'm super excited. So now I'm trying to think of all those obscure movies that we 
know from back in the day that you just can't get a hold of. And there's a lot of them. I'm telling you, there's a lot of them. Hang on to your physical media, kids, because you might think everything out there is available, but it absolutely isn't. Right. And it becomes valuable as shit. Some VHS is out there. I, I talked about before. Return of the Living Dead VHS is worth like two hundred dollars. That's man. insane, dude. It's a, I had that back in the day. Two hundred dollars. Yeah, on, that's insane for sure. But all right, that's that's for this week. If all things go as planned, I think we're going to be doing Beastmaster next week. And oh my god, I love Beastmaster, man. Talk about HBO movies, man, that uh, were obscure. And if you watched it back in the day, it was also a TBS movie. You know when they did that movies, movies for guys that liked movies. movies. Yeah, <laughs> they used to play that in Stone Cold and Point Break and yeah. all those types of movies back in the day, man. They stopped doing that on TBS, which I don't know why. That's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday, man. Those were all our movies for sure. Yeah. Uh, so once again, if you want to get a hold of us, talk about your obscure movies, you can uh, shoot us an email, fastnaywithfilms at gmail.com, or you could just hit us a message on Facebook or give us a like on Facebook. We'd love to have you part of the group and check on our weekly compilation photos that we put, uh, put out when the movies drop or the different pods drop. Or if you're listening to us on iTunes and SoundCloud, which I know you are, uh, give us a like or a comment. Tell us if this is one of the obscure movies that you loved watching growing up and where you watched it. I'm always interested if this, these movies were a VHS find or right. if they were a cable find or Laserdisc find, if you're that <laughs> kind of uh, in-depth on this. But it was one of them for sure because these movies, I guess they played some of these movies we're talking about on t regular TV, but uh, those ones were edited to shit. But they shit. were never as good. Yeah, they were edited to shit. Yeah, you can't you can't see boobs on those, man. Don't, don't do those. <laughs> so until next week when we bring you some more uh, obscure movies, see ya. Peace. Killing is my business, <laughs> and business is good. <laughs> <laughs>